Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning, I want to talk about seeking what is above and setting your mind. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about how Jesus, in our Christian walk, as we walk with Jesus, he roots us down deep into his word. He builds us up into the men and women he would have us be, and we are then called to live an abundant life of gratitude. Last week, we talked about how Jesus is greater than religion, and our passage today becomes a pivot point in our text, switching from one direction to another with a constant reminder to seek what's above and set your head on Christ. As we think about what we set our minds on and what we think about, a lot of times, if we're honest, we probably think about a lot of earthly kinds of things trying to, uh, to, to drive the best car or live in the best house, to have a great job that provides us financial security or going on the greatest and grandest of all vacations. We think about the perishable things of the world, the temporary things. But they are tangible, right? And, and sometimes they can be gratifying, at least in a short term. The world promises instant relief and gratification, but it only delivers something subpar at best and death at worst. It's our fallen nature to long for things of this world. We constantly worship things of creation rather than the creator. We long for shadows rather than the light of the world. There was a litmus test I, I asked the fuel service several months ago. How many of you would like to go to heaven? Everybody raised their hand. How many would like to go right now? They're like, you see, we, in our fallen nature, we believe that there are things in this world that we don't want to miss out on, as if there is anything in this earthly world that can hold a candle to the glory that awaits us in heaven. It's just a shadow living here. Many of us think that we would miss out if we went too soon. And we mourn family members that pass on in what we believe to be too early of a time, mourning what they missed out on and will never experience as if what they're experiencing now, the total and complete freedom from sin, the fullness of joy in the kingdom of heaven, that they would ever give that up to come back here. See, the blessings of God take time to see and comprehend. Not like the earthly, worldly gratification that's instant it takes time it's a relationship and relationships are never instant they take time to grow and develop this is something that has taken me a lot of time and and relief and fulfillment clinging to the promises of god and lean into that relationship slowly over time an abundant life takes time because we grow in our relationship with god and maybe for some of you that can be reassuring because you don't have to wait for this some grand event in your life to be a turning point, but rather each and every day that you spend growing in your relationship with God deepens that relationship and the meaning and the value in your life. It takes time to invest. And whenever we spend time in God's word or in fellowship with one another and fellowship around the Lord's table, we leave feeling more connected to God more connected to one another. The believers in faith, brothers and sisters, we need to reorient our lives 
to not be set on earthly things, but to seek what is above and to set our minds on him. To seek what's above. This word seek means to to seek what was lost or to receive what is due. And we're called to seek things of above. And, and, And what more could be above than God himself? To remember that we follow a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That he is eternal. He has no beginning. He has no end. He is omnipotent. He has more power than anyone else put together. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere at all times. He is omniscient, knowing everything. He's unchanging. He's steady. He's faithful. He is love. Paul says that when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. To have Jesus be our life. Several things come to my mind. He is our life right now and right here. He's the reason we have for hoping for living for eternity. He is our all in all. He is our everything. He is deserving to be put first. Moments from now as we pray the Lord's Prayer, when we say, Hallowed be thy name, I want you to think of this. We don't pray that God's name would be more holy because it's already as holy as it can be. But rather we're praying, God, make your name holy to me. Help me to see and understand how powerful and how important your name is, that your name is the name above all names. When he appears again, when Jesus comes back to return in all his glory, Paul says that we will also appear with him. Our own resurrection will occur, death will lose its grip over our lives, and all the evil that was done will be undone The world will be put right. The kingdom of God will be experienced in all its fullness. Death, perhaps, is one of those things that really drives this point home. You can't be resurrected without a death. Several years ago, my father gave me a bunch of Kodak slides. You know, those slides that fit into the carousel with the projector. And I went through those slides. Many of those were pictures of my mom when she was in her 20s. It was good. That's my mom right there. Isn't she beautiful? It was really amazing for me to see this photo because a few years before receiving this photograph of my mom, she passed away from cancer. And I watched that evil disease just eat her body away. And I remember looking at her in her casket And thinking that was what inside that wooden box was just a shell. It reminded me of a a locust that had just shed its skin. It was just a shell. That, That wasn't my mom. But my mom was with God in heaven. And then that was the image, though, that I had in my head of my mom. And so it was, it was great joy as I discovered this photograph in the, in the carousel of slides that showed my mom when she was in her prime, right? She was totally healthy, free from cancer, free from disease, free from death. And to think that that's going to be the mom that I see someday when I enter into heaven. Not a mom that was aged or devoured by cancer, but a mom who is vibrant and full of life. That resurrection, to think about things that are above. That's why when we have funerals, my favorite pictures are the go to the ones of 
of people when they were in their youth and to see that vibrancy of life. And even that vibrancy of life will be a shadow of the joy and the abundance of life that we have forever in the kingdom of God. We are to seek what is above. We're also called to mind our head. Now, this next photograph was a picture that Pastor Arp took on his vacation time. It says, please mind your head. So that's what I want you to think about. Mind your head. This was a sign over the door that he climbed at a church in Cambridge. Mindfulness is something that is an interesting thing to consider. There are some people who are very skeptical about mindfulness. They point out its eastern origins or say that it promotes an unhealthy degree of self-focus. It promotes a one-with-the-cosmos worldview, and it encourages an escape from reality. Well, now, these are some valid, valid concerns, because secular mindfulness is all horizontal. In other words, you pay attention only to yourself and where you are and how you are in the here and the now. But our text today, this text today teaches that we are to have the mind of Christ, that we are to set our minds on him. Instead of a horizontal mindfulness, it's a vertical mindfulness. Who we are in our relationship with Jesus right here and right now. See, mindfulness is the art of embracing all the moments of life, pleasant or unpleasant, with acceptance and curiosity. My therapist works with this with me on a regular basis. I don't know about you, but I love to compartmentalize or, or ignore or deny or minimize the evil things that I feel inside. The negative emotions, let's just make them small, pretend they don't exist. And he says, when you do that, Tig, your your body just internalizes that struggle and that pain, and it doesn't go away. In fact, it just festers and then will manifest itself in some other ugly ways when you least expect it. But if you approach those things with acceptance and curiosity, and you give them space in your body, they will dissipate. They're not forever, and they go away. Which for me, that sounded kind of like, I don't know about that. That doesn't sound quite right. But I had a little bit of an anxiety at that time. Something was just festering inside of me and making me nervous. And I said, just accept the fact that you feel nervous right now. I don't want to. Just accept it. Okay. And slowly, over time, it did dissipate and go away. Mindfulness has benefits that are emotional, physical, spiritual, and cognitive. There's been a recent surge in, re, in, uh, in studies and research that mindfulness meditation with the medical and, and psychological communities has led to widespread research. And this research suggests that constant and consistent mindfulness leads to neurological changes, decreases in, in, decreases in stress, ruminative thinking, and anxiety and promotes spiritual values, empathy, and self-compassion. Practitioners of mindfulness often describe feeling happier as a result of their practice, less anxious, more comfortable in their own skin, more content in life, better concentration. To set our mind, thinking, assessing, and processing information, set your mind, I almost envision an anchoring happening, that we anchor our mind on Christ. 
Keep in mind the context of Colossians. Paul is warning them not to fall prey to these different teachings in addition to the gospel and that could cause them to drift away. Rather, they are to be anchored securely and firmly in Christ. That when they seek what is above and they set their minds on him, they throw an anchor onto him and latch on and hang on and won't be pulled away. Staying anchored. Setting your mind on him. In Philippians chapter 4, we hear, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep your mind focused and set on things above, on him. Don't let yourself be distracted by all the worries and anxieties and doubts and fears, but anchored on things that are good. The Apostle Paul reminds Christians that they're called to be mindful and live with an awareness of the present. Scripture teaches that we are to take every thought captive. Paul says that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Mindfulness. Embracing God's promise of abundant life, living life being fully present where you are and how you are. Being present in each moment means that it's actually, rather than insisting that the world would be different, you just simply accept it with curiosity. Through mindfulness, we can stop pushing away our experiences, good and bad, and open to ourselves what God has for us in each and every moment. To learn to live fully that life that God has given us. To live now with our head focused on God above. To focus on Him who lived and died and rose again, to know that we too, being baptized into his death, will rise again with him when he comes back. To struggle well, whatever issues that you may be going through today, accept them and know that they are just temporary, that every problem here is temporary and cannot compare to the glory that will revealed to us in Christ Jesus. And may the peace that passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.